Is the real estate market imploding? If you're a buyer, are you thinking, should I be waiting to, should I be buying? Should I be waiting? Should I just wait until things completely change? If you're a seller thinking about leaving the area, is this the right time to do so? This week, because incredibly enough, we are already in early October. October is here already, which means Halloween's around the corner, Thanksgiving's around the corner, Christmas is around the corner. It's pretty crazy how quickly the year has gone by. But because it's the 1st of October, we will be going over the market updates. And so we will be able to see what exactly is actually happening in terms of the Bay Area real estate market. Is Are things going as poorly as people may think? We will see. And we're going to be looking at several different stats today. We're going to go heavy into the stats. That's what I always do in the first weekend of each month because the entire of last month is all gone. So if you're thinking of buying, selling, or investing, or if you have any friends that are doing it, you got to share this with them because this is all very real time. This is not all old articles that people look at July figures and say the world is ending from there. Because as you can see for yourself very clearly, where is the market going and what is actually happening? So there are a few leading indicators actually to if, if you're trying to predict, which is a very hard thing to do. But if you're trying to time or predict where the market will go or what, how have things progressed, then you definitely want to see this stat. And so first and foremost, the key is what is inventory levels look like? We're going to be looking at Santa Clara County. But to be fair, most counties in the Bay Area are doing the same exact thing. So there's not too extreme for any of these. Nevertheless, let's look at Santa Clara County, single family homes, condos and townhomes. Right. As you can see, here is the months of inventory. What does months of inventory mean? This is a really good indicator because this talks about the velocity of homes. How how quickly will the existing home? So there is no buyers on the market based off of previous velocity. How quickly will all of those homes deplete? So it all deplete in one and a half months if there's no sorry, there's no new sellers. And so it gives you an idea of a velocity, how many people are transacting, but also relative to how many new listings are coming on the market. And we're going to look at those numbers, too, because those are the things that happen in these higher interest rates environments of the, the shift of things. Now, as you can see, months of inventory, there were some times in July. This was actually the worst of times. As you can see, that was 2.1 months. Now, to be fair, this is still much lower than most places in the country. But it's still a lot relative to here in the Bay Area. And you can see in August, it had already declined to back to 1.6 months. In September, it was actually even more improved at 1.5 months. So you can see there's plenty of people buying and doing transactions. But the question is, there's it's not there's a lot of buyers again. There's more buyers than before. But it's also because there's a lot less new listings. Because a seller with these higher rates... They also have to decide, why do I want to sell? Is, is that need big enough for me to want to sell, given my rate is at the threes or twos, right? Like, you got to remember, their cost base is also very low. They don't, they're not paying current rates. Anyone that bought a home in the last year is probably in the twos or threes because they could have also refinanced. Something to be very, very mindful of in terms of just how the psychology of it works. So that's months of inventory. So the other thing that I like to look at is how many price reductions uh, has there been? Um, let me see this one. I don't think this one will show price reduction here, but we'll, we'll go over that in a bit. Actually, there's a few ways to do that. We can see um, 
original price sales to sales to price ratio. This is a good number because this actually shows how many uh, reductions there has been. Because what sales price to original price ratio means is it's not the sales price to the new adjusted price. It's the sales price to what they originally had it listed on the market for. And so as you can see, historically for a long time, typically homes were selling for above the original price. You can see it was actually that way all the way to June. Even June was 105% to original price. But as the months went on, you can see July was not good. It was at 100%. August was not good. It was the worst. It has been 97.2%. You can see September has already picked back up at 97.7%. And so what does this also mean? It also means that the seller expectations has adjusted. So it means the seller expectations has already understood. Okay, yeah, the market is not the same as it was before. We're going to be realistic because we got We want to make our moves. We got We want to move somewhere else. We still got to, we want to get to a bigger home. We're going to be realistic with the market. Unfortunately, People have been more realistic. So you can see that has changed. The other metric I want to share with you is number of new listings, right? This is what I talked about. Because rates are uh, higher, how does the, the new listings count look? You can see August, not a lot of homes, 13, 1,300 homes. If you want to compare against the busy seasons, over 2,000 homes, right? So that's a 700. So that's 35% less new listings come on the market. So that's something very important to understand, right? In this, there's seasonalities with we were comparing to the hottest uh, time of the year, which is usually the springtime. That's that's OS normal. So there's nothing unusual there. But also in general, we're going to have probably a lot less than before for this reason, given what I just shared of uh, the uncertainty for sellers, but also uh, the opportunity cost for making that move. The next thing I want to share with you is activity. This is a very good indicator of how things are going. So this is contingent pending, the number of contingent pending. So August had a big pickup when it comes to how many got in contract in the month of August. September has actually declined. So the amount of the amount of homes getting in contract is lower. So that is a concern. Now the question though is, is it lower because the number of new listings on the market is now a lot less? That, that has some aspects of it. Or are there more buyers falling out? Uh, as in they're not looking anymore. That certainly has something to do with it. So that's those are certain things to be mindful of. Let's take a look at the number of active homes. So how many homes are actually on the market? So you can see the number of active homes has decreased. This goes back to those things that you brought up or that I've shared earlier of the inventory levels, right? So previously in June, July, which is the peak time and the, really the worst of time that we've seen this year, when there's a lot of homes on the market that are actively on the market, because a lot of buyers were either out of location or they just gave up of looking. So you can see during those times, there was 2,093 2 homes. And now, well, we don't need to look at October. That's too early. September, 1694. That is a decrease of 20% of active homes that one can choose from. And so there I have a few notes and thoughts about this. But let's look at the last thing, sales price, medium price. Uh, this is actually a laggard. So... Uh, this is a laggard because think about this. Any homes that have transacted in September means that it's uh, got in contract in August, right? But nevertheless, my prediction was very accurate. I said September numbers would likely stop bleeding. Uh, I did not actually expect it to actually have a tick up of price and actually increase 
I thought it would have stopped bleeding because of, as I mentioned before, all those reasons. Um, during that time, interest rates got improved. During that time, people came back from vacation. During that time, seasonality was returning back. People, there is seasonality in the Bay Area. There are so many people that went on vacation that had a different mindset. I don't want to buy a house right now. I'm traveling. I'm busy. I got other. I got to visit family. Lots of my clients are going back to like India, visit visit family there because they haven't seen them in a long time. There's just so much stuff that happened this summer. But as you can see, it did rebound. Now, moving forward, we'll see. But for anything like super drastic, I'd be mindful. We already had a pretty drastic turn of events already. So don't think that nothing has changed, right? We went from 1.61, which was in April, the highest point, to about 1.41, right? That's a that's a $200,000 decline that is uh, equivalent to about 13 14%. But it's as you can see, it's not continuing to go down at the same rapid pace. A lot of those moves have already taken place. So something just to be mindful of. This is the data itself. This is real time. All the other stuff that you may read on the headline articles are all always using old ones. Why? Because they don't even most MLSs, which is crazy in the country, don't actually have real time data, which is bizarre. If you actually look at Redfin data, you look at these other platforms, they're at least one to three weeks old, which is just crazy. But fortunately, you guys are all educated. You guys all understand this. You all see what is actually happening with when it comes to the market locally. And so that's why you guys all have a competitive advantage. And of course, if you guys have any questions about your scenario, we can talk about it. As you can see, there are several things I want to bring up because of this data. Number one, you got to figure out what is the right decision for yourself and how do you determine that? Do you plan to be in the area for a couple of years? If you plan to be in an area, whether it's Bay Area, whether it's Seattle, whether it's Austin, whether it's New York, whatever it may be, it probably makes sense to buy a home. And why is that? Even if the market declines, what do we think may happen? We are probably expecting interest rates to probably continue to increase. So you got to also re remember this. Just because prices decline, how likely are you to time a price bottom along with an interest rate bottom? Right. This is you're not buying. Most people are not buying all cash. Most people are, are using a loan. And so how likely is one to time it on both? Well, right. You didn't time it well when interest rates were low two years ago. And now you're wondering for yourself, it has a boat sailed. Right. So the likelihood of timing is, is, is very, very difficult, if not impossible. Just because prices decline doesn't mean the interest rate you had was the same as what it was before or even better. And so because of the market timing is all about determining, okay, well, do you want exposure to real estate? How has your stocks been doing? Real estate has actually still done better, right? So if you look at the numbers, you say, look, it probably would have been a much better idea to have just have some vested interest in some real estate. And you can think about your own portfolio. So many of you listening have so much money in stock. I know many of you have millions of dollars in one company stock. And you see what happened with big tech over the last few weeks of how they're doing too. Right. So the question is, is that the right move? You should you be divesting some of that into real estate? Do you have enough exposure to real estate? And so that's the decision making that people need to have of, OK, maybe I should get some more exposure to it. I'm outgrew my space. I have I have kids now. I need I just need more space. Uh, I'm tired of living in the, in the same kind of cramped quarters that I have. So those are discussion points that you want to have internally, whether this is the right move for yourself or not. The other thing that's very important is this, and I tell people this all the time. Now, if you're okay mentally, say, look, 
I'm good. Like whatever happens with real estate, we'll deal with it accordingly. But the move is there. Once the move is there, you also have to look at this, right? It's not like there's a ton of homes that are coming on the market now. So real estate is, even though on a there's medium prices, you also have to be very realistic in terms of which areas you are looking at, right? Because at the end of the day, this is not like a stock market. It's not like you can't just buy and sell like Google stock, which you can do in milliseconds. Just because average homes in an area come down, you still got to find the home that you like. Does that make sense? Right? Like how, like, it's not like you can, buy, you're not going to, you're not going to buy any home out there. You still have to buy a home that you like in an area that is suitable within your range. And those are the important lessons and tips that I get for everyone, which is a very difficult thing to absorb because people say, look, the market is down. I can buy everywhere. No, if your budget is also down and the market is down, I mean, you're looking the same exact places that you're looking months ago. Right. Unless your budget can be the same, which many of you can be the same, then you can look in those other areas that you weren't able to look at before. Right. So very, very important to understand that, because if you do the math, the April figures and now, even though the prices were higher then from a monthly payment perspective, they're going to be roughly similar. So your affordability is actually still roughly the same. And that's why I'm saying, like, even though prices have, have, have dropped, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, drastically good or bad. Right. And that's why the timing of it with price and interest rates is nearly impossible to do. So it's all about, OK, well, what do you plan to do over the extended period of time? Because as you may see, rent has not um, rent has still been pretty high. So let's talk about the next things. Uh, that's actually that's all about the market data itself. If you have any questions, feel free to leave me in the comments below. Send me a DM. Happy to talk about your situation and then we can figure out a game plan. But let's talk about the market news of the week, all the different activity that are happening in the country, but also locally in the Bay Area, because there's also a lot of exciting things happening that are still ongoing. We have a report. Rent prices will keep going up in 2023. Here's what to expect. What's interesting is there's some conflicting data about this. Um, there are some areas that have, see, there, this is a last month medium, medium rent in the nation's 50 largest cities fell by $10 a month, the first drop in prices since November, according to Realtor.com's latest data. But a one-month decline in price isn't necessarily the start of a long-term trend. So what's interesting is it's going to all be dependent on areas of what will happen with rent prices. Every area will deal with it differently because there are certain areas that have been overbuilt again because they are so easy to be overbuilt because there's so much land everywhere. So, for example, look at Phoenix. Phoenix has taken a huge tumble when it comes to rent prices. Pretty wild. It's like, where did all this like inventory come from? Uh, very, very interesting circumstances here in the Bay area, uh, rent prices may be slowing down. I would suspect that, but I'm not sure if it's necessarily dropping significantly. Depends on where you live though, of course. Right. So it's all, it's all going to be hyper local about what is actually happening with rent prices. But generally, if people are not buying a home, they will probably be renting in the Bay area. You can see there's not that many rental places. There are building new construction um, uh, apartments, but all of those are like very, very pricey. They're going to be on the very high end of homes. So very, very interesting to see what happens. But something to be mindful of that rental prices will likely continue to increase in 2023. And it's a pretty stark increase of terms of uh, growth. Um, they are predicting, I think about, predicts a rent growth of five to, another 5 to 7%. 
pretty wild. You pair that with all the things that you're dealing with with inflation, um, certainly very, very big impact for individuals to have to deal with. So that's uh, related to rent prices. Let's talk about some of the office moves. There's actually a lot of office moves happening right now. Take a look at this. Chevron sells vast Santa Ramon headquarters to Bay Area developer. $170 million plus deal with Sunset Development Cube's Energy's Titans headquartered in San Ramon. <clears throat> so what's always interesting is like, even though office spaces are used um, are used differently, um, depending on the company, there are still a lot of moves happening. The question is for these investors, what is their thoughts of wanting to buy that kind of piece of property? Uh, the, also, the question as an investor, what other opportunities did they have? But this is really interesting. I mean, they're probably buying it. They may do, be doing some redevelopment of the area. That's very common. For the, those that you know, Chevron has a huge campus in San Ramon. Very It's right next to uh, Bishop Park. So Bishop Park is all new. Um, it's, a, it's, a much, it's a much newer business park along with like commercial place. Excellent place if you have not been. A lot of people may have not traveled out all the way out to San Ramon, uh, but uh, I've been there many times. I've many clients there, so I would highly suggest you check out Bishop Ranch Place. It's very, very nice, and the whole area is incredibly nice. And they were the staples of actually living in that area. So interesting to see these kind of movements. Next, large investment firm drops more than $90 million for trio Bay Area industrial sites. <clears throat> these things continue to happen. So, I mean, every week we're seeing these things happen, right? They're they're continuing to invest in industrial sites. And there's another one. I'm going to actually highlight this. 400 million plus in two weeks. Four Peninsula office hubs are bots. Investors grab four big office sites in three San Mateo County cities. Follow the money. Why are these guys buying all these office spaces? South San Francisco, South San Francisco, San Carlos, right? Like incredible to see like this continues to happen. People think the doom of offices. No, it depends on the uses, use case of it. As I mentioned before, because of biotech and because of genomics, genomics, those work are all lab work. You're not going to be work. There's not a remote working indefinitely. That is what's happening in the Bay Area, especially in the peninsula right now of they are trying to build it for as much as possible. It is the highest cost per square foot for leasing, for purchasing that there is in in all over the place. It's set, continue to set record highs. They cannot build that big enough. Now, if you work in those industries, you may see just how incredible the growth has been. And what's interesting is they're all well-funded, right? They haven't, um, there has been no impact, which is interesting enough. Uh, in terms of any recession risk, any sort of um, being publicly traded or being any loss of appetite, the genomic space is still incredibly wild. And because of that, you still see tons of big new investments happening in that space. And all those workers that will be there, they're not working remote. I mean, they may work remote two days a week, but they're still going to be in the office several days a week. And you also see a lot of people come back to the office because they are basically forced to do so. You saw Apple do it. You'll see Meta do it. You'll see Google do it. All of them have already been putting people back into the office. And so with all these things, a lot of the movement continues to be back into the core areas so that people don't have to drive or commute too much. So really interesting. And the last news I'll bring up is this one too. Eli Lilly and Co. is on the hunt for a large expansion 
in South San Francisco, right? And we all know Eli Lilly, huge pharmaceutical company. And so this is also another a move and another uh, activity, as you can see, of building more space when it comes to biotech and when it comes to genomics. So for anyone that is considering and seeing, are all people just really leaving the area? Are all people just going to go away? I think for tech, there is a lot of people, especially startups that may be doing so. So tech will be a little bit different. But when it comes to genomics, when it comes to big tech, those are the, the companies and the industries that are, especially biotech and genomics, that are continuing to grow at a rapid pace. And because of that, they're all going to be wanting to be in the peninsula side. That's where all most of it is being built. So really, really interesting, very, very bullish still on the peninsula over an extended period of time because of all these things happening. You can see this. You see all this corporate space being built. How much housing is being built? Very little. There is very little housing. Nothing like the magnitude of the number of employees that need to be in the office relative to housing. So for those in San Mateo County, that's a really, really interesting and, and very powerful opportunity. Whole area of Daly City, South San Francisco, San Bruno, very, very interesting bets that people can make in this market. And those areas will probably continue to do very well. Well, I appreciate you watching. Of course, if you have any questions, please, please leave a comment below or send me a text 408-547-4590. I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.